are you? How am I? I'm going out of my mind. How am I? <laughs> Have you been going out of your mind or is it just starting now? Yes. No. What, what did you just meet me? This has been too much, huh? Uh, what do you think? Things have changed? Let's get into it. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining me again for yet another bonus episode. That's how much you people mean to me. I give and I give and I give. And I'm very excited today to introduce you to an old pal. She's a writer, actor, comedian. You've seen her on Jimmy Kimmel, The Connors, Kevin Can Wait. Her one-hour stand-up special is streaming on Amazon Prime as we speak. She's also part of the Ha Festival, and you can catch her on HBO Max as well. She's a new mom. She's sweet as pie, but don't piss her off because she'll cut you. (laughs) Yep, you can take the girl out of the Bronx. Can't take the Bronx out of the girl, that's for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is my friend, Gina Brion. How are you, baby? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I miss you. I miss my friends. I miss work. I know. I know. It's so good to see you. I, uh, we, we were talking before we turned the mics on. You know, it's like, I'm going yeah. insane. Yeah, this is nuts. I, I I started feeling it the the most last week. Like, I think I put it off mm-hmm. and repressed it and was like, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. And then like, <laughs> week, <laughs> I finally broke and I was like, I am not fine. Yeah. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, because our, our job, we're, we're very, very similar. Um, our jobs and making people laugh, uh, uh, we've spoken about this before. It's a sense of purpose. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And without it, you just kind of feel lost. You're just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and it's just like you don't feel like you're contributing at all. You don't feel like you're, you know, you're helping. And, you know, just relax. I can't relax. I'm a comic. I'm jonesing for stage time. Yes, I need attention. I relax. I calm down in an applause break. That little moment. <laughs> that's when the anxiety goes away. Just that that's little it. moment. That one little window. And then but, it comes right back for the next bit. It yeah. Comes right back in. Yeah. Well, you started, uh, you were 14 when you started. I was 14 when I discovered comedy and then like 17 when I like officially like started comedy. Um yeah, I was, man, I was, I was a youngin'. I was a baby. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember, I remember talking to you. For me, I saw Richard Pryor at 12 and it blew my head apart. And I oh. think for you, what you told me, it was, uh, it was Brett Butler. Yeah, it was Brett Butler, 14 years old, man. I saw her and I was like, wait, I could be a sassy, funny person. <laughs> I don't want to do that forever. Sassy, smart, and funny. I remember, uh, to this day, I still remember the uh, the special like I still remember her special that affected me so much mm. I remember what she looked like I remember her material from that special like it's it's one of those things that just sticks with you when you're like this that's what I want to do for the rest of my life that's great have you met yeah. her I haven't I'm so nervous to, I have I'm always nervous to meet people that I look up to I remember the first time I met you I was so nervous um I don't know if you I don't know if you even remember this story um we were at the, what was it? The, it was the New York Comedy, I think it was the New York Comedy Festival. Mm-hmm. And I had been lucky enough to do one of the like sort of off festival shows. I was in the uh, Comedy Theater, which is one, uh, was on 34th, uh, I think on the, on the, on the West Side. Mm. And we were doing this small show and all of a sudden you walk in and everybody's like, oh, it's Ed Frog, it's Ed Frog. <laughs> everybody's like, oh, it's Ed Frog. 
because it's like we we you know comic that you respect walks in like somebody you know you're just like what is he doing with us peasants and so (laughs) (laughs) we were like everybody was like super nervous and I remember I was doing my set and I see you in the back of the room and you're watching my set and I'm like oh my god Adam Ferrara is watching my set (laughs) <laughs> I'm just like, um, be normal, be cool, Gina, be cool. <laughs> so I walk off stage and you said to me, you were like, hey, that bit you do about your brother and you gave me like something to add mm-hmm. to it. But I think you could combine these two bits and blah, blah, blah. And I just remember being like, oh my God, not only did he listen, he paid attention. Like he didn't just watch my, he actually paid attention to my set and saw a connection that I didn't see. And... <laughs> Oh, you were so sweet. I was, you were, I, we were both leaving at the same time. And you're like, well, where are you headed? And I said, well, I'm headed downtown. I was going to go hang out at the cellar like everybody did before they were passed at the cellar. Right. And um, you were like, oh, well, I live that way. We'll walk. And we walked all the way down to, from 34th to the West Village, talking about comedy, like the whole way. And I was like, oh, what a gem of a human. I never forgot that <laughs> oh, moment. Oh, that's I was, sweet. That's great. Well, well, I'm glad you were funny. I, you were funny. You know, I remember I remember you making me laugh. I was like, wow, she's funny. And if you ever want to meet Brett Butler, let me know. I saw her at a CVS in the Valley. She lives in the Valley. Get out of here. No. I would have a heart attack. I think I would have a heart attack. I would cry. I would cry for sure. Without a <laughs> doubt, I would get all emotional. And I'd be like, you were the reason I started comedy. <laughs> well, you have that effect. Uh, you, you, you having that effect now on young comics, uh, especially oh, online when you give them, giving them advice. It's very, it's. It's nice because it's something I always wish that I had. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's somebody who was in a position to at least give me information or help me in some way. Because, you know, in the beginning of comedy, you're just throwing stuff to the wall and hoping it sticks. You're just like, oh, gosh, is this is this maybe funny? Do you guys like this? And so you figure out what your path is and what your voice is and what you want to do up there. It's this kind of really scary time. And there weren't many, like, spirit guides. <laughs> <in the comedy. laughs> <laughs> that I had so I I was I was vowed to be that like Sherpa <laughs> yeah I got lucky Bill Bill Hicks gave me some great advice and was very kind to me too so oh my god yeah when I was a kid starting out he, he, he gave me a tag to a joke and he remembered me when I came back I, I, I opened for him on Long Island and he remembered me back in uh, the MTV half hour comedy I was shooting out here in, um, in California oh. and I was I was outside having a cigarette and Bill turned the corner and just went Adam and I went <laughs> and, and he how's that joke doing i just picked it up right there i mean just so kind oh my god see those moments i love in comedy i love those moments when stuff like that happens plus it's always nice to hear that someone's not a complete piece of crap like it's yeah. just it's nice to well know. yeah because a lot of our, a lot of our stuff I and mean, me and you are very similar too in the fact that we're confessional comics we take our lives we put it in a blender and we try and make sense of our chaos i mean that is the most that's the most amazing way of putting it. I've never heard it described like that confessional that is so perfect and on point. Yeah. That yeah, that's absolutely what it is. Yeah. But you do and you have some of the same traits I do. We've, we've talked before and I'm not speaking out of school, I hope, but we both uh, we both work too much. Yeah, absolutely. We both have a temper. Mhm. And a little bit of jealousy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I try to I try to control it, but it's you know what? I feel like it's a justified jealousy. Let me just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. do, do tell, young lady. <laughs> Let me explain really quickly what I mean by justified jealousy. I am not jealous if you are like 
because it's always in relationships. I'm a jealous person in relationships. Mm -hmm. So like, if you are a person, if you are a woman that happens to know my husband, great, cool, that's fine. If I feel like I am seeing you behave a certain way around him, mm -hmm. then I get jealous. Right. Then I get, and I don't even call it jealous. You don't know. I'm not. I'm territorial. That is mine. Okay. Step away from my territory. Territory. <laughs> <laughs> but in like career-wise, in no other way am I ever jealous, though. Yeah. I don't. Well, here's the difference. I get jealous. It's the same thing with me. The wife is like, I'm the man. I will protect you. You, yeah. She's beautiful. Yep. And that's the last time you're going to say that in my presence because you're not going to have any teeth left by hear it again. Exactly. Exactly. I've had girlfriends tell me like, oh, my, your husband's so handsome. I'm like, yeah, what about it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why I married him. Okay. Moving on. Find your own. Yeah. But that's that's more my I, I, I have to admit that's more my in, insecurity, but but that's just the way it is. So I'm jealous in my relationship. As far as work goes, I'm not really jealous it's more I'm envious sometimes. I, I have to admit that. You know, I'll watch TV and see somebody I know and then then he's working? You know I me. Mean? I think you know what I don't I I used to be really envious. I used to be this person that like and I guess now and then it still hits me, like it still will hit me. Mm -hmm. I think I'm both of us have talked like uh, personal evolution and everything else when we've, when we've had the time to talk about it. And I think what used to affect me doesn't affect me anymore. But now what affects me is when I see somebody who I know mm -hmm. is a horrible person oh, yeah. getting a lot of stuff. And I go, Ugh, I just don't like that it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Why does it have to be you? It could be anybody else. Yeah. Anybody but you. Oh yeah, I was look. I believe in karma, but it's got to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Karma's taking its sweet time. I don't like that. I was like, I need karma on my schedule. I need some of that John Lennon instant karma. That's the kind of shit I need. Yeah, you need that that fast, quick karma, man. There's too many people getting away with stuff right now, motherfucker. <laughs> but then I come back to I come back to doing the right thing is not because I. I, I expect profit or I fear punishment doing the right thing is because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But then I can't get, I'm not spiritually evolved enough to let, not look for my credit for that. <laughs> you know, that's a, I'm just like, yeah, look, I, I, I know, I know, I, I know I'm doing the right thing. Cause you got to do the right thing, but you know, what the fuck? <laughs> but it's still not enough. Yeah. What's a brother got to do? Get a serious regular up in his motherfucker. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, I'm the queen of callbacks. Yeah, <laughs> the queen of callbacks, and then they're like, mm, "We went in a different direction." I'm like, "Did you?" Yeah, did you? I, I, you know what I want the sentence to have? I want the sentence to have a period, not a comma. They love yeah. you, but yeah, they love you, but you can't just then with they love you report to the set tomorrow. Your call time's eight thirty. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I wish, I wish, but can you make it to set tomorrow? It's yeah, never the but. Yeah, but that. But yeah, we got to work together uh, a couple of times, uh, stand up and acting, and it's it's always been fun. Oh, I was so excited when you were on the set of Kevin Can Wait. I was like, no way! Yeah, I couldn't wait to see you. And you have, and we had so many great talks. Like, I think one of my favorite things is that you're such a grounded, humble person. For, I mean, you've had an incredible career, but you're just. I wouldn't expect you to be as incredibly grounded and humble. And the things we talked about were like some deeply personal like i'm trying to change yeah, yeah. Thing. and you were just down 100 percent right away which was so great 
because you don't find a lot of people like that. Yeah, well, I also it's also connecting to those people. Like I felt a very, a, a very strong connection to you because I think we're we're rowing in the same boat. And one yeah. of the bits I love of yours is the separation of the two people inside of you. There's hood you. Yes, yes. There's hood me and evolved me, and boy, do they battle all the time. Oh, and I got that bit here. I got to play this because this just yeah, makes okay. me laugh. They're constantly battling for control. Like hood me and evolved me. I gotta leave hood me repressed. I keep her repressed until I get angry. That's when the hood spirit inhabits my body against my will. And I can't control what happens. And it scares people because they don't expect it from me. It scares my husband. I do. Because I'll be like, honey, can you take out the garbage? And if he says the wrong thing, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, word? <laughs> oh, we fighting now? Okay, okay, you know what? I'm going to calm down before I key our car. <laughs> say I won't. Wish you would say I won't. <laughs> that just makes me laugh. Now, what? what oh, I love it. When was the first time Hood you frightened your your husband? Because <laughs> I met him. You know what? There were there was technically just one incident. I think one incident that frightened him, and then one incident that frightened a family member of his. Mm -hmm. um, the first incident involved both incidents involved jealousy. Ironically enough, um, the first one was with his cousin. I was watching my my husband's a musician. I was watching him play, and this woman jumps on stage. Now he's, he's playing, he does dueling piano. So he plays in a lot of bars mm -hmm. and people get crazy. They jump on the stage. That wasn't a problem that she jumped on the stage. As she inched closer to him, I was like, oh, okay, bitch. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, back, okay, back up, back up. You get too close. <laughs> and she just kept getting closer and closer. And I'm, I'm sitting with his cousin and she, all of a sudden, she starts running her fingers through his hair. So at this point, I it's over. His gloves mm. are off now. It's over. Okay, you did it. You crossed the line. So I get up, and I was wearing... I was funny. I was wearing his jacket. I was wearing my husband's jacket. And I had my engagement ring on. And we were engaged at the time. And the whole night, he had been shouting me out and everything. So it's like this woman knew right. that Beyonce was in the crowd, which is, like I said... If you're just a regular chick, but if I see you disrespecting something, like, that's my relationship. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I got up, and his cousin's like, Gina, calm down. <laughs> I got up, took my ring off, <laughs> took the jacket off. I was like, mm -hmm, I'm going to have to go beat a bitch's ass now. I'll be right back. <laughs> so, her friends are watching this. Like, her friends are watching this happen. And my poor husband, God bless him, he is sitting there just not even reacting to this woman. Mm. Just like... You might as well have been a eunuch, just not yeah, reacting he's to helpless. anything going on. I gotta play the piano and sing. <laughs> Please, lady, for the love of God, get off of me. And so I I like her friend like pulls her aside and I guess gives her the bitch, you about to get your ass beat speech. Mm -hmm. Cause she looks at me and I did one of those, you know, you wanna be starting something head moves. Right. And like I was like, we can go outside right now. Like <laughs> right now. And she, and then her boyfriend, the girl's boyfriend or the guy that she was with comes and takes her off stage. And I'm like, she was even with somebody. I yeah. was like, 
please, why can't I beat her ass? Why <laughs> this this is this is gonna help this woman. This is she needs this. She's <laughs> disrespecting everybody. And then the second time was uh the only time he felt the brunt of with me was they had a they have a, a gimmick or a bit that they do when uh people are getting married, they bring the bride up mm-hmm. and like a head uh was it a head shoulders knees and toes type game but it gets pretty dirty and usually the piano player is playing the hands of the bride mm-hmm. so my husband made the ill-advised choice of deciding to be the hands for this woman mm. while i was in the audience mm. and he i just remember First of all, I don't think I've ever been so instantly angry. Like it was like there was no. I went from this is cool to I'm gonna burn this bitch down. I am <laughs> on fire. That is it. No survivors. Everybody gone. I'm out. I will move somewhere. No one will know my name. <laughs> so I was ready. I already had a game plan for when I burn this place down. And I just remember he looked at me, and I gave him the only like head swivel eye roll move. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And just walked out of the bar. And I'm outside fuming mad. And he's texting me. Like the good human being he is. Right. Like he's texting me and he's like, I don't know what happened. Why are you mad? You just left. And I'm just outside like, let me calm down. <laughs> let me calm down. I'm outside trying to calm down. He came outside. We talked about it. And he apologized. And looking back now, mm. I'm like, you're an insane person, Gina. Like he yeah. apologized for doing his job. Yeah. Like he's like, it's just a job. And I was I was so in my head and just so angry and, and territorial and just like, how dare you touch another woman? Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even like that. And so looking back, I'm like, wow, he really he really is a saint. <laughs> Well, he loves you. He doesn't want to make you sad. He wants to protect you. But I got my, I got my, I got my Italian up um, for my wife because uh, it was yeah. New Year's New Year's Eve where it was somewhere. We were in, in New York City. I get a cab, right? So I get the cab. We're in the cab, and these girls come on. Eh, they're girls, twenty-something-year-old girls, they're drunk, privileged because we were in a, a ritzy part of town, banging on the window. You know, that's our cab. That's our cab. And they and they said. To my wife, that's our cab, bitch. And I went, I'm done. So the cab starts pulling away. I went, stop, stop, stop. And I pulled back and I and I rolled down the window and I went, excuse me, excuse me. You dropped this? And I gave it a finger. <laughs> this belongs to you. Now you can go. And we drove away. I don't think there's ever been a better New York City, you drop this. <laughs> just rolling down the window and giving somebody the finger. I think if I was there, I would have died laughing. Oh. <laughs> well, that was it. And I felt bad because they were kids. They didn't know who they were fucking with. You know, and, and no one probably ever did that to them. They were they were rich, they were rich guys' daughters, you know. Yeah. But somebody's gotta tell them. Yeah. Somebody's gotta do it. Ah, these kids, you know, I'm a giver. I think I told you at the top of the program, I give till it hurts. I give till it hurts. Usually the other person. It hurts <laughs> the other person. Oh, oh, that's a great story, though. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I try not to get too... Well, that's the other thing. I mean, you have a, you have a great deal of self awareness. We've discussed this many, many times. Uh, when I when it's I got to run into you, time to get there, and there, I still had my moments. Oh <laughs> hell still- yeah! It's not well. It's not a linear thing. It's just like I think it's the it's the least amount of time you spend in the crazy. That's I mean I've been with my wife now at the point where the fights don't last that long. The yeah. the little spikes and 
what? I didn't. I, uh, you hungry? All right, let's see. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> let's just go. You yell for like five seconds, and then it's like, nah, yeah, right, because I realize I'm I'm probably wrong. Yeah. And it's even well, if I'm not wrong, I don't want to fight. Fine. Yeah, sometimes you just don't want to be mad anymore. You know, no. Tired of being mad. I, I don't want to be. I wish. I wish my, uh, uh, my my adrenaline level gets down quick enough, faster. That's what I wish. Because I got to stay. I got to. I just wish that went away quicker. Now I got this little device. I walk over to my wife after a disagreement. I go, "All right, I'm ready to accept your apology." Oh, I would murder you. <laughs> I would murder you. I would laugh first and then plot your murder. But that's, that's it. I go for the laugh and she's like, oh, you're ridiculous. And then I kiss her before she can hit me. <laughs> I forget who I was working with. I think it was Ivan Decker out in Canada, a Canadian comic, where he said whenever he's in a relationship with somebody and they start, like, they start, an argument starts, he just gets, he looks like a little kid and he smiles at them and goes, are we fighting? <laughs> <laughs> And it always made me laugh. I was like, if somebody did that to me, depending on how mad I was, I'm either going to laugh or I'm going to punch you dead in the mouth. Yeah. Like, I just thought it was, I'm like, very clever tactic. Are we fighting? <laughs> well, you have a great bit about uh, waking up ready to fight and your oh, husband yeah. has no idea. Oh, yeah. Because, I, I mean, we're all damaged. Oh, yeah. We're all damaged individuals. We all have our damage, and mine just happens to be sometimes I'll wake up and I'm just, I'm ready to, I'm just in a mood. I'm ready to fight. I don't know why I don't want to fight, but it's going to happen. I can feel it. It's like, it's like when it rains and your knee hurts. I can feel the fight coming. <laughs> I'm like, this fight is coming today. I don't know when, I don't know why, but it's coming. I can right. feel it. Clouds are forming. <laughs> See, I wake up and the mind is, is going already. So I'm I'm already obsessing and my mind is going and I'm in a place that doesn't exist and I'm yelling at someone that ain't there. That's me at night. Yeah, I get I I get the the this, the the worry at night and the anger in the morning. Yeah. 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 The worry at night. That's it. The worry at night and the anger in the morning. Because at night, that's when my brain, like when everybody's asleep, mm -hmm. that's when my brain. Oh my god, this is I've I've had insomnia since I was a kid, and part of that insomnia is the insane thought when I was a kid that if I fell asleep, something bad was going to happen to my family. Like, I truly believe that. I was like, I'm not going to fall asleep because everybody else in the house was falling asleep. And then who's going to be up to protect us? That's okay. literally okay. the problem. All right. But just a, a quick analysis. Codependency, an inflated <laughs> sense of self, and you live in a bad neighborhood. Those are the three things I got. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, and yes. But besides all those things... <laughs> Besides those obvious factors. <laughs> but the one thing I do admire about you is we can go, and we have done this many times, you go deep, we break out the notebooks, we look at, look, I do this, I don't like, you know, and we do this, but yet we still find silly shit to laugh at. And that's what I've always loved. I think that's, you know, I was watching Carlin last night. I was watching, a, it was a, on Amazon, and it was Carlin's personal favorite bits, right? Mm -hmm. And... I was watching him and I was, you know, just kind of analyzing why I'm, I'm such a huge Carlin fan, why I, I love his stuff. I've always loved his stuff. Um, like I cried when he passed away as if we actually personally knew each other. Like that's how hard I cried. Um, and I've never met him, unfortunately. I had never met him. Um, but I'm watching him last night and I'm like, that's what I loved about him is that he could dig deep. Mm -hmm. Real deep, almost to the point where he wasn't really looking for a laugh. He was looking for a head nod of acknowledgement. He was looking for people that would sit and agree with him. 
and then go silly like right after that and do some kind of wordplay you know yeah. it was and just watching him i was like that's what i love i love the fact that you can combine serious and silly together in one or poignant and silly something like that which i, I mean i love people like that in life which is why i connected with you because we did have that like oh we can get real silly real quick yeah and that's and one of the things i love is this next bit of yours i want to play because it does make me yeah. laugh Everything kids think is funny, I think is funny too. Like, I still think farts are the funniest thing on the planet. Thank you, me, and like six people, really? Really a room full of grown folk? You're gonna sit here and act like you've never been in the bathroom, someone cut one and you tried not to laugh? Yeah, there we go, there we go. That is a universal situation. Don't be afraid of the ties that bind us. I'll prove to you that farts are still funny. Go to the bathroom, it's me, this woman in the middle stall, and a lady and her four-year-old daughter. Really cute little girl, right? Now, the woman in the middle farted. <laughs> it wasn't one that you could get past. <laughs> See, all of a sudden you all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Why? Because normally when it happens, it's a little sound, and you're like, she didn't know that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that was a surprise to everybody involved. And you know she didn't know, because the second it happened, she was like, oh, Jesus. She got startled. But this, no. This was an I ran to the bathroom, because I didn't know what was going to follow this. <laughs> and we've all been there, too. Where, like, one second you're talking to somebody, and the next you're like, I got to get out of here, like, right now. And here's the thing. In that situation, we all do the same thing. You shut up immediately, <laughs> right? The second it happens, you're like, <gasps> nobody can know I'm here. <laughs> if you're like me, I, I am seriously, I'm like a ninja with it. My feet are up on the seat. I'm not breathing. I won't even leave the stall, because what if I leave and she leaves at the same time? <laughs> like, if we make eye contact, it's over. I'm going to laugh. <laughs> so here's the thing. I am acing this situation until the little girl in the last stall completely blows it for me. Cause she goes, ew! <laughs> I can't. Silly and funny. I, can I just tell you, first of all, that is a true story. It happened in New Jersey, mm -hmm. <laughs> at the buffet in New Jersey. When I was out with my church friends, <laughs> I was out with my church friends in Jersey, <laughs> and I had just told this girl, Kayla, uh, how much I love fart jokes and mm. how immature I know it is, but I don't care. I love fart jokes. Farts will always make me laugh. And then I go into the bathroom and this happens. I come out of the bathroom, tears streaming down my face. I can't breathe. I'm laughing so hard. I'm trying to, Kayla comes up to me and she's like, what happened? And I'm trying to tell her the story, but I cannot breathe. It was one of those uh -huh. laughs where everybody else started laughing because I was laughing so hard and I could not breathe. I finally got the story out. And now, just so you know, farts still make me laugh. My son, I um, gave birth a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, my son is a, a little bit over a month old and um, he farts right. all the time. <laughs> like listen and, gina i'm a guy just so you know that ain't going away 
I mean, it is hilarious. I laugh every single time. Like, I, he just, it's like a machine gun. He just, <laughs> the whole, like, I'm like, how? How? You're, you just got here. How? <laughs> what did you eat? <laughs> you didn't eat Taco Bell. Like, what, what is going on with you and your uh, stomach, kid? That's it's great. nonstop. It makes me laugh every single time. Uh, did you name the kid Tito Puente? <laughs> I should have. That would that'll be his nickname now. Oh, that's funny. His name is Jaden. <laughs> but that bit was uh, that bit again, funny and silly. You know who would have loved that bit? <gasps> you did not. Yeah. You did not. Yeah. You did not. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm showing her a picture of me and George Carlin. I got to uh, I got to open for him uh, right 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 near the end. Oh my God! What was that like? What was that? Oh, like? he was a sweetheart. I get. Uh, uh, I I don't know if I've told the story, but uh, but I'll, I'll tell you. It was a uh, I was comedy magic club, and I was supposed to headline, and I get a call. Um, listen, Mike's got a movie weekend, or he said you can open, and right away the ego kicks in. Open, open. I'm, I'm Adam Ferrara. I'm what sword swallower do you think I'm going to open for? <laughs> Who's bumping me? And they went George Carlin. Does he need a ride? <laughs> Does he need someone to pick him up? Yeah, can I pick him up? Has he eaten? Can I bring some food over the house? What? So how do you not take that case? Hell yeah. So when you get there, he's got the green room. You can't go in the green room before the show because he's preparing. So, okay. So the MC goes up. I go up and uh, I do a half hour. I walk off stage and you know the Comedy Magic Club. It's like a little theater. So there's the curtains there. Yeah. And standing in the wings in the dark is, is this little silver beard and these two little eyes. And this man looks over me and goes, you're funny. And I went, and you're calling. <laughs> you are ridiculous. Yeah. And I shook his hand and we just started bullshit. And he, he listened to uh, a joke I had about Dick Clark and New Year's Eve. He goes, I love that Dick Clark joke. That's all. Oh, that was so. Hey, he paid attention to me. That's so incredible. And I was bullshitting with him, Gina, because he's from Morningside Heights. And we had a couple of mutual friends and Jerry Hobbs. And so I was just bullshitting. And all of a sudden we hit a crowd clapping. He missed his intro. We heard the cloud clap. He goes, is that for me? I go, they don't want to see me again, George. You better get out there. <laughs> and oh, just, my God. That's incredible. Yeah, just a sweet man. You know what he did when I was on the road before I even met him? He came. Went, remember when the, the Catch a Rising Star was at uh, Bally's in Vegas? I never did it, but yes. Yeah, it was a Catch a Rising Star. And he was in the main room. And uh, he came to the club, you know, while we, we – he didn't say hello to anybody, but he came to the club because I think he knew Winston used to run it. Uh, and said, listen, if any of the comics want to come by, I'll leave a booth open and tables. And I went and I saw it. I sat right in the center row. Oh, my God. Tickets. I watched them work. He knew that was the comics table. He waved. I never wow. met him before. But just the fact that I was a comic, he did that for the comics. I've heard so many amazing stories from people that have met him that he was such an incredible person. Mm-hmm. And it just warms my heart again, because like knowing that somebody that you look up to, that's like a legend in comedy, was actually also a good human being is yeah. also like, oh, well, thank goodness, because there's enough of them that are pieces of shit. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm glad that that there was enough. That actually, I had a similar story with um, Greg Giraldo. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, uh, I forget how many years into comedy, and I used to. I don't know if you remember this room. If you ever did this room back in the day, did you ever do Gladys's comedy room in the back of Hamburger Harry's? No, never did that's Gladys. Where, that's where this little spicy latina got her start. <laughs> Gladys was giving me spots. I mean, the first club I ever performed at was Stand Up New York, but the club that got me 
that gave me the most work and the first time I worked a weekend was Gladys's. Mm. And so it was in the back of this place called Hamburger Harry's, which is in, um, which is right in Times Square, right on 40, what was, it's a different place now, was right on Times Square for, around 45th Street. And I walk in and I was with uh, some boyfriend of mine at the time, I don't know. Uh, and like, I walk in and I see Greg Geraldo sitting at the bar and I go, oh my God, it's Greg Geraldo. <laughs> And the guy I was dating at the time was also a comic. So he goes, oh, wow. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey, I want to bother you, but I, I'm a comic. Um, I'm a really big fan. It's just such an honor to meet you. And he goes, oh, well, I'm taping my Comedy Central half hour. Do you guys want to come? And I was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Excuse me while I cancel everything in life that I had planned. Uh, and so he walks us over there and we sit like in the back with, I guess the people that knew him, like a bunch of people that knew him and worked with him. And we got to sit there and just watch his set. And I've never, I was like, I was floored. I was like, this guy doesn't know me to do something like this. Like he doesn't know me. Mm. And I'm with my boyfriend. So he's not a skeevy dude that's like, hey, maybe I'll get laid after this. No, he's like, you both come watch the show. And he was very nice. And it was an incredible show. And I just, I love meeting people like that. Yeah. You know, like you're like that. Kevin was like that too. Like, I mean, from what I got of him on, I don't know Kevin as well as you do, but mm -hmm. like working with him on Kevin can wait. Like he just came across as that type of guy as well. It was very big hearted. Yeah. It's, it's to, I know. I also think the comics, we're a pretty close knit community. You know, we're pretty like, I, I, I'm sure I mentioned the story before uh, on the show, but if I got to go to one of those dopey parties, you know, we got to go to for like rap parties and shit. And there's a little mm -hmm. premiere shit. And you're nervous. I don't care. I don't care. You're just nervous. Yeah. If I see another comic, I'm in the corner talking to the comic. Whoever is, whoever it is, that you, you can tell the comics. It doesn't matter what level you're at. We will find each other at one of those parties, be in the corner having a drink, and just bullshitting with each yeah, other. Yeah, we'll find. As soon as I hear, I'm a comedian. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Let's sit and talk. Yeah. I don't care how far along you're a year in. Great. Let's sit and talk about how this year has been for you. <laughs> I love it. I love talking to comics. Yeah, and I love talking to you, and I want to thank you so much for doing this for me, sweetheart. Uh, any, literally any time. I want to make sure that everybody knows uh, that they can see your uh, Amazon Prime special. That's your hour special. You're also part of the Hoff Festival on HBO Max, and that is streaming as well. A very funny lady. Please check her out whenever you get a chance. Uh, it is my pal Gina Brion. Best to you and the family, all right? You give everybody a big kiss, and we're going to go out on a buffet bit, all right? Yes. Thank you, baby. I was recently at a buffet. <laughs> Don't judge me. We've already discussed this. I'm a foodie. Buffets are like carnivals for foodies. You know what I'm talking about? Like you show up at a buffet, you're like a little kid. You're like, oh my God, there's food everywhere. There's steak and bacon wrapped shrimp and a salad bar for some reason. <laughs> Every time I see someone at a salad bar at a buffet, I just want to take their plate away and go, get out. <laughs> Don't you mock us with your salad eating. <laughs> <laughs>